7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. Thank you. Good evening and thanks for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM Spot On. I am Tabiso Musia Luyolom Kalipi and Katla Mudiba producing and Babalom Duma is our technical producer this evening. Well, only one place to start tonight and that is congratulations to Bafana Bafana who have qualified for this year's AFCON tournament to be played in Egypt after a brave performance against Libya in Tunisia last night with bottles and all sorts of things being thrown at them but they remained focused on the job at hand and they only needed a draw but they showed great character to pull off a 2-1 win so well done Bafana Bafana and tonight we will hear from one of the stars of last night's performance Darren Kitt the goalkeeper who pulled off a number of saves to keep Bafana Bafana in the game the AFCON will be in Egypt from the 21st of June to the 19th of July the draw uh, takes place on the 12th of April in Cairo and the 24 teams will be seeded into four pots based on the CAF national team rankings these teams will be drawn into six groups of four teams remember that this is an expanded AFCON tournament with 24 teams going into this one and um, something that also stood out for me was the back four and all Bidvis Vets back four in that match if you look at the 3-5-2 formation that was played Darren Kitt in goals Sifiso Shanti Tulani Shachwayo and Busem Kwanazi also in that back line and I wonder how often has this happened in international football where the back four is from the same team so we'll hear from their coach then Gavin Hunt on this back four that's been so reliable for Bafana Bafana in this AFCON qualifying campaign. But what also stood out for us this weekend was that there was not a single South African journalist in Tunisia to go cover what was arguably uh, the country's biggest football match of recent times. And what can we read into this then? We'll speak uh, to the now-retired football journalist Billy Cooper to get his thoughts on this. Is it tough economic times? Do editors not give priority uh, to football? Uh, What is it? Is there no interest at all? Or is it because of Bafana Bafana's waning star over the years that uh, the editors of these media houses don't feel that it's important to send a journalist to go cover what was the country's biggest game in recent uh, times. We'll also speak to Chester Williams to get his thoughts on the weekend Super Rugby action as well as get a word from the Human Rights Commission regarding Ashwin Willems' inquiry which was due to start last Wednesday. So we'll find out if it happened or not and what is uh, the latest. So it's a packed show. Feel free to join us at any time. Uh, you can call us on 891 You can give us your thoughts um, or on, or on the weekend's action, whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also SMS us on 409 and we take voice notes on WhatsApp 0614104107. And for those on social media, we use the hashtag SAFM Sport On. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. So then let's start hearing, uh, let's start by hearing from Bafana Bafana goalkeeper Darren Kitt. The team is on its way back home from uh, Tunisia. They will land tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. And uh, everybody is welcome uh, to go, uh, well, to go receive them at the Artambo International Airport. Uh, 11 a.m. tomorrow is when they're supposed to land uh, Bafana Bafana. So we had to speak to Darren Kitt uh, before the show. He was on a bus to the airport and I began by asking him how was the vibe? How was the mood after the game last night? I mean, it's, it's exciting. You know, everyone's uh, appreciative of the fact that, that we played well and we got and uh, and you know we get to qualify for Afcon. So that's obviously what we've been working towards as a team and uh, that done and and to 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 get that experience and to get that uh, to look forward to it's it's great. Uh, everyone's been everyone's been fantastic in camp and. Uh, 
yeah, we hope to continue continue that spirit and, and keep going. And going into the game, uh, uh, Darren, how were the nerves considering the magnitude of the of the game? Uh, I mean, the nerves, the nerves are fine. I, I don't think we we had too many nervous uh, nervous guys around. Uh, we've all we've all been been in a situation before, and we've all played through it. So uh, it was pretty standard for for us as players. Um, it was just a matter of of how much we wanted to do it and how much we wanted to win, and, and that's what we ended up doing. You know, we wanted it more than they did. And we managed to get the result we needed. So nerves didn't play too much of a, of a, of a part in, in what we wanted to do, in, in how we want to execute our plan. So yeah, it's, obviously it's a big thing for us. So uh, yeah, it was, it was very good. And, and yeah, we, we kept our nerve in the end. And what was the message for the coach during the week? I mean, what was he telling the players before the game? Well, he set out, he set out uh, a plan a plan and a strategy of, of, of what we needed to, and how we wanted to play. And... Uh, you know, we worked on it the whole week uh, on how, how we wanted things to go a few tweaks here and there. And uh, in, in the end, the final product uh, was, was the result that you saw. So, uh, yeah, everything seemed to come together nicely. The, the players were, were were really into into what the coaches plans were. Um, and we all, we all committed to what to what we needed to do. And, and yeah, it gave us a good result. And for you personally, when did you find out that you would be playing uh, on, on, on Sunday? Uh, I found that yesterday. We did the team talk before the before the game, and then uh, yeah, he gave the starting lineup of, of all the guys who would play uh, in the pre-match meeting. So yeah, every, everyone only found it yesterday before, before the game. How we normally do it. Did it did it did it make your job easier or help that you had a familiar back three uh, in front of you guys that you you play with it regular you play with regularly? It's always nice. I think we we have a good understanding as a team. Um, I think with myself, Tyson, Bootley, and 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 Chopper, we we have a good understanding uh, between each other of how we play. But I mean, regardless of that, we're all professionals and we all know what the job was in hand. So, regardless of who played um, in, in either position, we we knew what we wanted from each other and we knew what we had to do. So. It makes things easier to spending a week together. You know, we had a whole solid week together and, and being in camp and, and enjoying the team spirit. So at the end of the day, that's what makes a difference. I mean, whether, we, whether we're in the team at the club or whether we're here, we're still, we're still together as a team. Uh, we, we stuck together and we stuck it out. So it mm. helps tremendously, of course. Yeah, and there was a lot of scrutiny on that back three, Darren, before the game, considering that Vets had been shipping in goals in the league. Were you aware of, of, of the concerns? I mean, for me as a goalkeeper, I mean, you're always aware of that. You know, you don't want to concede goals, and, and we have been conceding soft goals. And, and, you know, when it comes to international level, you know, we, we needed to stop because we know what we're capable of. Our defenders know what they're capable of. And, and no matter no matter what you what you do in your club form, you need to, you need to, you need to always think you're on top of your game, whether you're playing for your club or the country. And... and we always knew that that at some stage the defense the defense had to play a big part and and you know last night they played a massive part. I think we we consolidated all the attacks very well and and we, we held them we held them the way we needed to hold them. So you know th- things like that, things like club form and stuff don't really matter because at the end of the day a game gets played on the day and and what we did yesterday was was exactly was was exactly that we needed to play the game and. Uh, the win and, and make sure we don't concede soft goals mm. and we didn't do that. We didn't allow that. And you made a number of telling saves at Darien. Where does this game rank for you as far as your performance is concerned? 
I mean, I'm not too bothered about that. I just, I just take take every game as it comes, and I mean, I don't, I don't look at games and, and look at it as, as that was my best game or that wasn't my best game. Um, I just try to be consistent in in, in what I do, and uh, I think I've been pretty consistent throughout the season. And you know, it, it, the consistency just carries on. So hopefully, when we get back to the to the club now, we can we can continue to be consistent and and, and push for the league, obviously. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I think consistency is the key in, in, in a goalkeeper's position. There's still a lot of unhappiness here in South Africa with that penalty. Many people felt it was very soft. It wasn't a penalty at all. Uh, did you get to see it again? How do you, or do you feel it was a penalty? No, it wasn't a penalty. I mean, goalkeepers are always, always taught to, to protect yourself because you're always left exposed. And uh, I, could see, I could see the striker was running towards me and I just tried to protect myself a little bit and I think he made he made a bit of a meal out of it and, uh, obviously the referee the referee was uh, was very keen to give that penalty so uh, yeah they got the soft penalty but at the end of the day it didn't luckily it didn't matter for us because we had right back up down their throats and then we scored a second goal so yeah. that, you know we handled it, we handled that situation pretty well and how was it dealing with that crowd those bottles that were thrown on the pitch there Oh, not too bad. Lucky I was. Lucky I was in my little cage, so uh, bottles couldn't reach me. So that was okay. Um, the crowd. The crowd was nice. I mean, it's always nice playing in that atmosphere to know, to know that everyone's against you and and no one wants you to win in the stadium. And uh, yeah, you you go out and you prove them wrong. And and you know that's what that's what football's about. That's what winning matches is about. So yeah, we were happy we could we were able to do that. Not just get away with with, with a qualification, but to you know to secure a win. And to show people that we're not here just to just to stand around here because we want to be and we want to score goals and we want to win. So, yeah, I think at the end of the game they they, they all stood up and uh, you know a few few hundred of the people stood around and waited for us to walk off the pitch and and, and actually us off the pitch. So it showed the appreciation for for what we're capable of. And finally, what do you think the team is capable of in Egypt, uh, Darren, later this year? Um, I don't think we're going to go in with any expectations. Uh, we've, got to, we've got to, as it comes, we've got to see, see teams that are in our groups and, and, and things like that and, and, you know, continue to continue to, to just play the best we can. I think when we went into the qualifications, we went in without, without expectations. We didn't allow anyone else's expectations to interrupt our view of what we want to do. And I think going into AFCON won't be any different. You know, we're not going to let anyone's anyone's expectations judge our, I mean, cloud our judgment. And, uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. We'll take each game as it comes and, and, and see how we go. Last, just a word on Percy. I mean, how, how big a factor is he, is he in this team now? How important has he been for the team? He's been, I mean, he's been fantastic. Uh, I mean, with, with his speed and agility and, and, and the way he plays the game and, and his goal-scoring ability, uh, he's always going to be an important player. But, you know, he, yesterday he got complimented very well by by Lebo Matiba and uh, you know they worked perfectly as a pair up front and uh, you know it was easy it was easy to to get them to get them on the ball uh, they always made themselves available and and at the end of the day that's what you need as as a striker you know you need a, you need you need them to be outlets and and do something up on the front of the pitch and and that's exactly what they gave us yesterday so we couldn't have asked for any more.
Well, we couldn't have asked for any more from you, Bafana Bafana. And uh, well done on that when you only needed a draw, but you went there and you got the result against uh, uh, Libya. So it should be a confidence booster going into AFCON in uh, June and uh, July. And uh, also Maxwell in Pretoria, the great Maxwell Lumconto says, what a performance by Darren Kitt. I think he is my man of the match. And then he says nepotism in Bafana technical team as Baxter hires his own son. Well, his son didn't go uh, with the team. Now, it was only for that one game, as we were told, against um, Libya, actually, in uh, Durban. And, um, yeah, a, a lot of people had had a headache last night deciding on who would be man of the match between Pesitao as well as Darren Kitt. Pesitao, for his two goals, of course, eventually got the man of the match award from the Libyan FA. And uh, we've got a couple of voice notes here that have come through on 0614104107. Let's go to them before we speak to Gavin hunt good evening to you sir my sincere condolences to gotcha Petrezia and his family may god be with them in these trying times secondly well done to bafana especially two outstanding players Dao and the goalkeeper who the goalkeeper was like a brick wall in the back well done lads thirdly i'd like to know about the penalty was that a legitimate penalty the goalkeeper was high in the sky in the air sorry his trailing leg caught the opposition striker on the face the opposition striker was in no position to score a goal nor was he making an attempt to get the ball if that is a penalty then i do not know football rules anymore thank you bye hashtag safm sport on so I mentioned at the top of the show that what caught our eye um, last night in the game was that it was a bit of a Vets back four if you look at the 3-5-2 formation and you include the goalkeeper there and there was a lot of pressure also in that goalkeeping department heading into the game with first, first choice keeper Kune out and uh, let's now speak to the coach of Bidvas Vets uh, coach Kevin Hunt just to find out more about this back four that has been the backbone of Bafana Bafana in this qualifying campaign. Coach good evening thanks for joining us on SAFM. Hi, man. How are you doing? Fine. Okay, f- f- fine. Thank you, coach. Before we get into that back four, does it matter how the team played last night? Because there's still question marks over the performance as they were on the back foot for most of the game. What was important last night? Well, the important was to get through. I mean, I, I listened to all the experts last night on the <laughs> television. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, it was terrible, the, the things that were said. But I mean, anyway, I mean, if we didn't qualify, they would, you know, I thought it was excellent performance under the conditions. The pitch was good. And I thought uh, they did what they had to do, and all credit to to Stuart and the team, and you know, and that's where we, you know we deserve to be there, and we should be. I think we can go and win the tournament. I really do. Mm. So in your mind, there was no doubt that they could get the result in Tunisia last night. Well, it was always going to be tough because you know, <laughs> in that it's very intimidating uh, atmosphere there, and uh, you know that we had to stick to our guns. We didn't start too well, but we settled down. And once we settled down, I mean, they, they weren't really a threat, were they? Mm. You know, we, I thought we handled everything that they threw at them, and I thought we were good. You know, difficult game, really difficult for the pressure and everything. So, I'm proud. I'm proud to be a South African today, and I'm proud for the team. Now, Coach Gavin, in your 30 or so years of coaching, how often has it happened that a back four, basically, if you take the keeper into account, uh, comes from the same team? And what's the, what does it say about your boys? Well, I'm obviously very proud and very happy that they come from Bidvestvitz. Um, you know, they've been, but they've been there for some time, all three, four of them. Mm-hmm. So it's not a new thing. Um, and obviously, the way you know Stuart set the team up, playing with the back with three centre backs and the goalkeeper, they all played together uh, numerous times like that sometimes. And uh, so they, you know, it, it, it makes sense to to what transpired. 
They they did come under a lot of scrutiny though going into this game after conceding goals at club level. I think ten in your last uh, five. Did you have any concerns yeah. about their confidence going into the game? Well, hopefully it helps them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the result last night and helps them with our club for the club form going forward. I think no doubt individually that they they're good defenders and uh, that's why we've signed them and and they've done a superb job for us over the course of the years. You know, all four of them. So there's no doubt. We've had a few problems, and, and you know you can't and put it down to to them that you concede the goals in the last couple of games. It's been a team, certainly a, a, a team effort, and um, but uh, I'm happy for them, and hopefully they come back with a lot of confidence, and we can carry on and see the season through. Just looking at some of their qualities, coach, what is it firstly that Tyson and Butler do so well that they can't be separated even at, at even at national team level? Well, I think they they play together now. We won the league, we won doubles, we won trophies with those two together. So they know, you know, we've worked, I mean, piously hours on the training ground, what we want, how we want to play, how we want to defend, how we want to do things. So, you know, it's pretty much, you know, I always think if you can get good combinations at the national team together from club level, I think surely it helps. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got to help because uh, they play together on a weekly basis. So you've only got a day or two to prepare a team. So the quicker, the more combinations you can get, I think the better for Stuart and, and or any national team. Mm-hmm. You know? And what about a, what about a guy like Sofiso Santi? I mean, you brought him out of the wilderness. He seemed to be in yeah. limbo before you signed him, and he's won yeah, the league, I, he's won I, cups now. How would you say his game has improved over the years? Well, I think if you just look at him as a, as, as a specimen, I mean, he's got huge his athleticism. He's, he's powerful. He's strong. I mean, he was sitting in the stands at Amazulu in the first division at the time. Mm. And, you know, three months later, he was in the Bafana team as a left-back. You know, I, I think his versatility is, is, is very important as well because he can play centre-back like he did last night. And he can play inside, he can on the midfield, he can play, you know, left full-back, he can play left-side midfield, you know, attack, you know, so he, he's very versatile. But he's got that athleticism which is, and the power which, you know, you certainly need uh, the higher level of the football you go. And did you expect him to progress so well after you brought him from, from the stands, basically? He was shot on the first day. I said, you know, we can make something out of this boy. You know, and, 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 uh, and you know, it's all credit to him. I could only just put him on the, you know, on the pathway and what to do and what not to do and show him, not not talk about it, but more physical, you know, show in the, in, in the practical sense. Um, and, he, you know, he's, he's gone with it and look where he's gone in the last three, four years. So I'm happy for him. Um, but there's so many like that in South Africa that get lost to the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we need to find them, you know, us as club coaches, so we can help, uh, certainly in national teams' uh, situations. And a guy like Darren probably have been under the most pressure because of the debate about the goalkeepers, as it happens when someone is replacing Kune. Did you have any doubts that he would deliver? And just what can you tell us about his character? Because he was not phased at all last night. No, nothing phases him. <laughs> so, um, and that's, that's why you want a goalkeeper that, that, that can, you know, play like that. I mean, the game last night suits him to the T because, you know, they play a very European type of base game and the balls are going to be coming in from all angles. So, you know, he's, there's, no, there's nobody better than him in South Africa and taking a cross from, from wide areas. Nobody better. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's brave and, and, uh, and you know, and, and he's got a presence and, you know, he's, and he's, uh, his shot stopping is also very, very good. But the best pair of hands, I think, you know, um, the, but uh, and it was fantastic last night. So all credit to him.
And having watched a few of your games here at the Bidvest Stadium, I mean, Robin Johannes has probably been one of the best defenders this season, but the red cards, of course, which probably rule him out of any, <laughs> which rule him out of any well, of those awards. There's only one person to send him off, so <laughs> when, he, when he riffs, we're not going to play him, yeah. <laughs> Do you know if he still humbles any ambitions of playing for Bafana Bafana? Or is he, is he given? Think, yeah, look, I mean, uh, he's, he's had a very good season for us as well, but I think... Um, you know, um, it's about timing. I think he, I think he's had a little bit of skin here and there, um, and yeah, he's done well for us. Mm-hmm. And finally, now, uh, Coach Kevin, um, I know, I know you like your defenders to also contribute in the goal scoring department. Is mm. that perhaps where they've let you down this season? Well, we haven't scored enough. Um, maybe, maybe we played too many night games, and maybe the eyesight's game or something. <laughs> but. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, Tyson's got his fair share, Booty's got a fair share. Uh, certainly, Clinton needs to score a few more, he knows that. I've always told him that, mm. you know, from situations. But if, uh, if, look, the service, if the service is good, they've got a fair chance because they've got good spring on them. You know, they're brave and they go in the box. Um, and, you know, in games like all types of games, you know, set pieces certainly... The tight games can uh, can win you again. Mm-hmm. And Coach Gavin, there was a lot of talk after some of your comments a few weeks ago about the standard of the, of the, of the league, saying that this season is probably the worst you've seen in your 30 years. Or well, why is not, why is that? It's not about being worst. I just see that it's it, 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 been so competitive and the team's been so close. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. You know, people misinterpret uh, don't understand what you're saying. But it's been about how close the teams are, and that's why it's it's hell of a competitive. I mean. And you look at a team that's played sort of 20, what do we play, 23 games, they certainly should be close to the 50 mark already. But, I mean, you look anywhere in the European League, the top three teams, and here we don't because everybody beats anybody here, you know. Mm. So, so it makes for a good league and very exciting for the public, not for the people that work in it, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice one. Coach yeah. Kevin Hunt, thank you for joining us and on yeah. SAFM, we appreciate your time. No problem. Anytime. Thanks, Coach. Keep well. Bidvest Vets coach there, Kevin Hunt, talking to us about that back three, a back four of Darren Kidd, Sufiso Santi, Butlam Kwanazi, and uh, Tyson Atlachwayo. They've really, really done well uh, for Bafana Bafana in these uh, qualifiers and in the previous matches uh, that they have uh, played uh, before. And uh, let's go to some another voice note here. You can send through your voice notes on 061 4104 107. Good evening, uh, Tabiso. Um, good uh, showing by the boys. Uh, congratulations to Coach Stuart Baxter. I know he has been criticised for his selection. I think it's going to take time before South Africans get used to separating uh, club uh, football and national team. Uh, as we know, people that were, or some more supporters who are supporting other teams were obviously pushing for certain selections. And... Um, uh, I'm very much happy and glad that the coach stuck to his game plan and the consistency of his team over the entire campaign has showed less goals considered um, and it, it goes out of the tournament or out of the qualifiers undefeated and it still justifies why he had to stood his ground with that lineup and uh, congratulations to him. Only um, something that was often uh, raising eyebrow was that uh, he introduced Mayela ahead of uh, players like Mabue or Lodge or maybe Modiba but I think uh, the, the, the thinking was perhaps to close them down in the flank so he needed more of a player that will have speed and defensive skills than more of an offensive player hi yeah uh, my name is chico i want to talk about uh, bafana bafana game 
that game it's if it's possible it must give them uh the two of them uh half half for that man of the match award because they really did uh, ex- extremely well both because if at that time uh the goalkeeper didn't do enough and those goals if we were to uh, get in i'm sure we were supposed to be talking a different story same time uh tau he did also very good to make the team win the game that was also to put more pressure to the opposite team so if it's possible to give them half half i think that would be the best really that would be the much better way of doing it well how crazy was that i think both voice notes were from gentlemen called chico uh, Chico and uh, Chico, thank you very much for uh, those voice notes there. And uh, the first Chico was talking about maybe bringing on a more skillful uh, player. There's a lot lot's been said about the performance of the team. People were saying it wasn't convincing. Uh, Bafana going to get hammered at AFCON. They'll be out in the first round if they play like that. Uh, but as we heard from Kevin Hunt, he said it doesn't performance didn't matter last night they had to get the result and they did very well to get that result and on that note of them sharing half half the men of the match prize uh, Chico I can tell you what they did in Tanzania the president of Tanzania his excellency John Pombe Makufuli has gifted each national team player and the technical staff a piece of land in the capital city of Dodoma. That's after they qualified for AFCON 2019, uh, their first qualification since 1980. And I think they also get an added bonus of 5,000 US dollars each. But each player and members of the technical staff have received a piece of land in Tanzania. How's that? Let's now then speak to uh, Billy Cooper, retired journalist, experienced, a man with over 40 years of of experience. I'm not sure if he can even retire. I'm sure he's always watching the TV, scribbling down there at Billy Cooper. And the reason we want to speak to uh, Billy Cooper is uh, because, as I mentioned, another thing that stood out for us um, last night at the game was the fact that there was not even one media house that travelled with Bafana and it's a sad state of affairs when you look when you take into consideration the importance of the game there not even a single journalist in sight in Tunisia and Billy Cooper joins us on the line I'm talking about South African journalists of course Billy good evening and thank you for joining us here on SAFM Hi Peter thanks very much for having me on yes it was when you when we spoke uh, earlier on to Kutlechu about this um, I didn't I couldn't believe it there wasn't a single media house represented that is, as you say in your intro there, a very sad state of affairs. Really is sad. In, in your but, days, Billy, with your 40 years experience, I mean, was it a norm to travel with national teams except for big games? Um, yes, it was the norm. Um, but to all, I'll tell you what happened. We, we, we got, I actually left the, the citizen way back in, uh, where was it, um, I think, 90. Just after 91, just after we got back into world football, mm-hmm. we got back in in 92. And I wanted to guarantee that I could get traveling because I reckon then, unless you travel, because we're going to have a national team, it's going to be like cricket and rugby, we need to travel. A journalist, if he's going to do his job properly, has to travel with the team. And I went to the SA Press Association eventually, and they guaranteed me trips. In fact, I got basically the same salary, but the, the whole thing was there. The, the, the idea was to travel with Bafana, and I learned so much. Believe me, traveling with the team, I made so many friends, got to know coaches, got to know officials, got to know team doctors, got to know the, the, the behind the scenes, how it worked. And, you know, I still have friends today from that golden generation of, of 1996. 
Um, you know, I mean, it's very important for young journalists to travel with the team. But there's obviously, um, you've got to look at it now. Things have changed over the last 40 years. Things have really changed, even since the 90s. I mean, we, we traveled, I mean, we, we went to Burundi when Sheikhs was still in charge of um, Bafana. Mm-hmm. And we went to, I think it was an AFCON World Cup. I didn't know it was an AFCON qualifier. And that that country was in the in a civil war. And, you know, we, we went and played there. We won the game. We had the South African soldiers, who uh, South African defense National Defence Force soldiers there protecting us, and they were there as a peacekeeping force. So we were well protected. But um, we even went to those kind of trips. We've been to, you know, Ghana, Burkina Faso, uh, Egypt. I've been a couple of times, Tunisia. But to think now that there's not one single representative of the media houses is bad. But there there can be reasons for that. Mm -hmm. The probably is finance. Um, A lot of print media... I think it's in trouble because circulations are down. Um, money is not like 20, 30 years ago. Where when I was at the Star at, at the time during the World Cup in '98, we had either guy. There's two of us. One was morning editions. One was afternoon editions. So two members of the the Star team that was traveling with the team. That throughout we went to we went to Argentina first. Then we went to camp in Germany, and then we went to the World Cup. I mean, that was, we were gone for about two months. And all this was paid for by the media house, you know, that was then um, August Group, and then it was, in, you know, IOL. But they had the money then because football was big. You know, Bafana were big news. Or is it now the fact that Bafana is a lack of interest in Bafana? Look at the gates we're getting. It's not enough promotion. We had the X Factor also. We had real star players, the Dr. Kamalos, the Lucas Khadebi, Mark Fish, uh, the late Chipper Masinga, uh, John Chuiz Mishwell, um, I'll go on and on. Eric Tinker, another one that played overseas. We had a whole, half of our team that played at the 96 that won the, the AFCON then, played overseas. And, you know, you used to go to a game, no matter if you were in Malawi or wherever you went, you went there and the final were expected to win. And there was excitement. Nowadays, man, I hardly watch it, to be honest. Um, that, that we don't, I don't want to be disrespectful to the current crop, mm-hmm. but we don't have that X factor anymore. Where are all the big name stars? Where are the Dr. Kamalos and, and some? Where are these guys that bring in, where are these players that bring in the crowds? We're not doing enough to develop the game? I don't know. But look at the crowds we're getting. We couldn't even beat Seychelles, man, um, away. No, no draw. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's shocking, really. So that, that's another thing. Probably people thought, maybe, just thought, oh, we're not going to win this game. Let's rather not expense. But I'm sure they will travel to the AFCON. But it's, it really is sad. And we did travel a lot. We, we traveled, and not just, the, I mean, I worked for several groups, and every newspaper group I worked for, the Star Group, Daily Sun, we, mm. I traveled with the team, you know, and, and traveled with them. It was great. It was a great experience, and I just feel sorry for the young up-and-coming journalists now in print media. That's, uh, it's difficult. I mean, it is difficult because you've got, it, you've got wall-to-wall, 24-hour TV. You've got online um, stories all the time. And I used to find towards the end of, of when I retired, the end of last year, it's getting tougher and tougher and tougher to compete online and compete with the, the, the networks, the TV networks. 
So I know I feel for my colleagues. I really do. But yeah. I must say that it must be a horrible trap to become a TV journalist because that's what basically the guys are becoming now, doing it off TV. And even, even the commentators now are doing it on TV. Is that also uh, something different from your days? Correct. We used, they used to travel with us. I mean, I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking, man. It's heartbreaking because you can't get the atmosphere. You cannot get the atmosphere unless you're at the stadium. Um, you, 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 I, I, it's hard to describe. I mean, you know, the 98 World Cup was an amazing experience for all of us. Um, we all learned. The Afghans that I've been to, Ghana, um, Egypt, Tunisia, wherever, um, it, it, it's just the different. You meet different people. You meet different colleagues. You, you speak to different type of players. And, and of course, you know, it, it broadens the horizons. The players improve too, but unfortunately, we seem to have taken a step backwards. And I don't know if we can blame development, but we are not developing players. We don't have a single player, as I said earlier, the X Factor. We don't have a single player in any of the European top leagues. And don't count France as a top league. PSG is a top side. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, the French are not regarded as as like Spain, Germany, England, even Holland is sort of, you know, okay, but they've got Ajax, Amsterdam in the, the quarterfinals of the Champions League. But, but even then, we, we used to import players to Europe on a regular basis. Um, I, I can't remember when was the last time we had a player playing in England. I think, um, I'm trying to think now, the, the striker that's... You know, yeah, that's the one. Spent yeah, you a lot of time me. on yeah, the bench at Bournemouth. Even Christian Walmart, man. Yeah. Finally. I mean, I mean, we've got Percy Tau. What is he doing sitting, playing in Belgium's second division, man? He's mm. too good for that, man. If he can't crack it at, at Brighton's first team, there must be something wrong. Because Brighton are not good. I watch a lot of English football. And they are very fighting relegation. And here we are, this player sitting in, in, a, in a useless Belgium second division. He should rather have come back and stayed at Sundowns, right? Mm. All the good is that's going to do him. And finally, Billy Cooper, I know in some instances SAFA cover some costs for some uh, trips. Do you think, yeah, they should have also taken the initiative considering the magnitude of the game? And I did check with a few editors. Apparently, SAFA did offer a subsidized trip. Should they have fun- they funded the whole trip or is that normal that they subsidized the trip? Um, I don't think not normal. Way back in the day, they used to charter, they used to charter um, in the 90s, um, maybe 2000, <clears throat> I mean, the late six Marema would maybe charter a flight. So you've got the airplane paid for already. So you've got empty seats. So you, you, the, the, the clever thing for is to take you along with them. But it got to a stage, it, it sort of, you know, there wasn't towards, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or something, it became them and us. And, and obviously the, the media houses are feeling the pinch. And nowadays, I believe SAFA are offering, but I never, I, I, I don't recall ever being paid to go on a trip. I know there were, um, SAFA were subsidizing. And I do think that SAFA shall, I mean, you know, that, they can't be that broke. They would get good publicity out of it as well and mm. would help the media houses because they can't afford it. But unlike cricket and rugby, because cricket and rugby, from what I can work out, have got better budgets and they, 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 they sell newspapers. Um, unfortunately, I don't know. Our, our national sport is football. Soccer is our national sport. And yet 
not one journalist went to 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 the say what a shambles. And as you say now, the commentators either doing it off TV. So what we're breeding now is a, a breed of TV journalists and being spoon fed by Sapa. And so all we're getting is what Sapa wants the people to. See. There's no behind-the-scenes stuff. Or there's, been, there's so much that goes on. You've no idea. In, in the hotels, and you, you pick up so many stories when you're with the team. Uh, all the, the players have gone strike. And there's been so many over the years that I've covered. But mm-hmm. nowadays, you just sit back and we take what we get, and, and so it goes on. You know, but so sad to see that this is happening. But again, it could be the pinch financially because, you know, economically we are in a bad way at the moment, especially print media. Yeah. Well, Billy Cooper, sorry to disturb you in your retirement, uh, but thank Ah, you very much. (laughs) But thank you very much for your insight here and for joining this conversation. We thought that it was a serious topic that we needed to be to discuss it and just to understand um, where uh, the issue is here, where the where the the problem is. Because as someone just tweeted me now, I think it was Carl Lewis that tweeted that said, "There's no definitely no shortage of journalists wanting to go to the games. It's just that." The editors just don't make the budget available. And unfortunately, that seems to be uh, the case. Up next, then, we're going to hear from uh, Chester Williams. We'll get his thoughts on the weekend Super Rugby action. And we're also going to get an update from the Human Rights Commission. You'll remember that uh, the Ashwin Willems saga uh, was set to begin last week to be had uh, in front of the Human Rights Commission. They were due to start on Wednesday and then continue on Friday. So we are putting a call through to the Human Rights Commission to find out um, if it did happen and if there's uh, any problem. Progress made. Call Tabiso now. 0891-104-207. Okay, before we go to uh, Mr. Chester Williams, let me just acknowledge some of the SMSs that have come through on 40938. And uh, somebody says, in the second half, the ball hit the hand of Sifiso Lanti inside the box. The referee disallowed the penalty for Libya. That would have changed the complexion of the game. But in the end, we toppled Libya. And uh, Jole says he gave away a silly penalty there in Kit. Why? Where was he getting his foot to and for what? Yes, it's a yellow card foul, but not a penalty. Okay, now I'm confused. The ball was up there in his hands. He didn't foul a scoring opportunity. Okay, that's why he says it's not a penalty. And then the realist in the Eastern Cape says, Flukes happen. Bafana is mediocre at best. Tam will tell. And then Mtandeni says that evening, Tabi, so uh, nothing special about last night's game. South Africans like to celebrate um, mediocrity. What was special about uh, playing on the counter attack and i think that's what a lot of people were saying that they were worried about um they were worried about uh, just the performance there of uh of Bafana Bafana and they felt that the team uh, should have uh, played better but at the end of the day it seemed like it was uh, the result that matters. Is that Mtandeni? Is that Itoga Melisha? That is uh, SMSing us there and then Sia Bulela Daniso says the absence of Kune was showing but we toppled Libya. What I like about Kune is that he commands his defense very well. He's good at one-on-one and he sometimes plays as a sweeper from Sia Bulelo uh, Daniso. And uh, okay before we hear from Chester Williams let's actually hear from the Human Rights Commission. We mentioned earlier on that the Ashwin Willems matter was supposed to sit last week. So let's get the latest now from uh, Buwang Jones who speaks on behalf of the Human Rights Commission to find out if uh, this did happen or not. Uh, Buwang Jones is the Gauteng Provincial Manager. Buwang, good evening and thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. Good evening, Tabiso and your listeners. Well, um, I mentioned the sitting was due to start last Wednesday and Friday. Firstly, is that correct and did it happen? 
Yes, that's correct. Uh, in terms of the initial timetable for the first sitting, uh, it was supposed to commence on Wednesday last week. But due to um, other um, planning and procedural issues, we decided to defer the start of the inquiry to a later date, which we will communicate to the public. Okay. And then just to take us back, uh, uh, Mr. Jones, at which stage did the Human Rights Commission get involved? Was it your initiative to have this inquiry or did you respond to a query to start the inquiry? This was a, an owner court investigation by the South African Human Rights Commission. We are empowered in terms of our own legislation to initiate investigations. The attention of the commission was drawn to um, the walk, walk out by Mr. Valence of the set of a live broadcast at Super Sports Studios. And subsequent to this, we then initiated contact with the CEO of Super Sport and Multi Choice and also had a meeting with Mr. Ashwin Valence. Subsequent to these meetings, we were then um, informed that um, the Supersport team will share the outcomes of the independent review, um, which was done by Advocate Maleka. Mm. This in- independent review recommended that they should refer um, this matter to the Commission, as the Commission is an appropriate forum and which is competent to make findings of fact and conclusions of law, which are, are binding on the parties involved in these allegations. Mm. So now, what are the terms and references of this Human Rights Commission inquiry? So the scope of the inquiry uh, is as follows. We'll inquire into the following and uh, make findings and recommendations. The circumstances that led to Mr. Valence's incident with Mr. Nasbuota and Nick Mallet and the resultant working of the set and whether those demonstrate that his dignity or any other fundamental rights were infringed, whether Mr. Valente was exposed or subjected to unfair racial discrimination or harassment on or before the date of the incident, whether Supersport has appropriately dealt with allegations of unfair racial discrimination made by Mr. Valente, whether Supersport, by act or omission, has enabled an environment which was conducive to the creation of tension, disunity, and unfair racial discrimination amongst employees and all independent contractors on the one hand and uh, between employees and Supersport on the other hand. Whether the Supersport uh, uh, company or has uh, employed sufficient safeguards and measures to prevent the occurrence of race-based unfair discrimination and to promote equality in its workplace, and whether Supersport has received complaints relating to unfair discrimination on the basis of race in its workplace, and if so, whether Supersport responded appropriately to address such allegations, and, and, and obviously we would like them to share the terms of, of, of each complaint that they receive. So this inquiry will be open to the public. It will be inquisitorial in nature. It will be presented over by our deputy chairperson, who will be assisted by a, a, a panel of lawyers. Parties will be given an opportunity to be uh, legally represented. And we are also um, uh, urging members of the public, Supersport employees, independent contractors at Supersport to make their written submissions to the Commission on or before 31 May 2019. Those who would like to make protected disclosures are also at liberty to make those protected disclosures in terms of the, uh, the Whistleblowers Act. And those who would like to remain anonymous 
are also at liberty to remain anonymous. We'd like to um, uh, ensure that this uh, process is open to everyone and is um, is a subject of um, of wider uh, engagement uh, in society, particularly on the discourse around uh, racism and related intolerance in South Africa. Mm. And finally, is it binding in any way? Are there any implications of this inquiry? What what will be done? Of what comes out of it? Yes, the the, the, the commission is obliged to observe principles of accountability, openness and transparency. The findings of this inquiry will be made public. The findings of this inquiry will be binding on the parties. And the Commission will issue directives. And the only way parties can um, uh, set aside this, set aside this the, the outcomes of our, our inquiry is through a judicial review. So mm. unless we are taken to court to set aside our report, the, the, the findings will remain binding on the parties. Mm. And, and finally, how long is it expected to go on for? Is there a time frame? Yes, there's, there's a time frame. We hope uh, when it commences, we, we, we should finalize um, the, the inquiry within a period of 180 days, which is six months. Okay, Mr. Jones, thank you very much for finding time to speak to us and giving us an update. We really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. That's the Human Rights Commission Gauteng Provincial Manager, Mr. Boang Jones, on the latest regarding the Ashwin Willems saga. Up next, we'll hear from Chester Williams. Get his thoughts on the weekend Super Rugby action. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. So as we wrap up the show, there were some interesting results on week 6 of 18 in the Super Rugby. The Stormers going down 28-34 at the Hurricanes. Uh, that was the first match of the morning, if I remember correctly. Yep. And then uh, the Lions beating the Sunwolves by 37 points to 24 there in uh, Singapore. The Sunwolves will be exed by the way, at the end of the 2020 season. That's after the Japan Rugby Football Association said that they can't afford to fund them anymore. And then the Bulls, how was that result? The Bulls going down 20-56 to the Chiefs who hadn't won a game before that match and they want to go put 50 past the Bulls at Loftus and the Sharks are bouncing back with a 28-14 win over the Rebels who are by the way coached by a South African and coach David Vessels who we're hoping to speak to on the show uh, this week. Uh, they are back in Melbourne though now so we put a call through uh, to a former uh, Springbok of course a member of the 1995 uh, Rugby World Cup winning squad. Uh, Chester Williams is now a coach. Uh, he's coaching uh, tonight actually and we had to speak to him uh, before the show when I began with that result at Loftus. So was he as surprised as all of us that the Chiefs went there and put 50 past the Bulls? Well, I think there's a complacency from the Bulls' side. And, um, uh, and I'm, 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 look, it was always going to be a challenge for us against the Chiefs. They, they've been uh, champions before and obviously they've been playing very well uh, competitive rugby in, in, in New Zealand even though they haven't won any game yet uh, on that side. But um, the standard of rugby is just a little bit better than, than we in South Africa. Mm. And the Stormers also suffered defeat at the Hurricanes, but they were not embarrassed. There have been some encouraging signs in their performance, and they also had their chances. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the Stormers played actually very well. They were they were very composed. Their the, the game managers were excellent. Um, they knew knew when to pick up the tempo, and they also knew when to just relax and and, and obviously control the game in the different in different areas of the field. Uh, unfortunately, the Chiefs is um, the the Hurricanes just have a lot more experience. Um, than, than we had um, in that last 10-15 minutes of the game. And what about the, the, the Lions, Coach Chester? Despite their injuries, they seem to be picking up the wins and the youngsters are coming through nicely. 
Yes, you know what is great about the Lions, you know, the youngster that comes in, they, they actually put a lot of pressure on the, on the so-called senior players, um, that they can't just be relaxed from now on and because they have to play and work hard to stay in the team and, and, and to make sure that, um, they can, they can, they can win. Uh, and I guess, you know, what happens in the Lions is that they, they, they're building that, that family and a brotherhood, uh, within the team that, and that's why they're getting better and better, uh, each game every week. Finally, how important was that win for the Sharks against the Tricky Rebels outfit, especially considering that the Sharks had lost two games before that bye? Yeah. Well, it's very important to win all your home games, and then the Sharks have just won that now, and so it's very important for the Sharks to stay on that level. And the way they played was uh, was amazing, you know, because uh, they were physical up front, and then of course, um, and then give, uh, let their let the wings and the, and the outside backs uh, score the tries, and, and and that's what you look looking at directly nowadays. You know, the law allowed that and and make use of it. Okay, great stuff. Thank you very much there to Chester Williams. Of course, he's now uh, coaching in Varsity Rugby there. So that's why uh, we had to speak to him uh, before the show. Uh, but he gave us his thoughts on what happened in Super Rugby uh, last uh, with this past weekend. They've actually got a game uh, tonight, Chester Williams. So we're uh, wishing him all the best. I think he's, he's coaching UWC's Varsity uh, Cup team now, uh, Coach Chester Williams. There's a lot of reaction to some of the interviews that we have done. And uh, I just want to get through. John Potsane says he's also saddened by the state of affairs, uh, even though he's not a journalist. A journalist cannot travel to matches. Katakani says uh, Billy is correct. Journalists belong on the field. What's on TV? We are already seeing Lungani Zama Wem Zem. Also, a journalist says, tell that to the editors. We also want to travel. And uh, also, somebody says it's a problem. Remember, we have five national teams going to World Champs this year. Box Proteas, Bafana, Amajita and the Mighty Banyana. I think the Department of Sport should sponsor some journalists. Sky commentators are going to irritate us with their biased uh, comment and important things. Billy Cooper is shading a lot of uh, journalists by saying that they watch it on TV, but they've got no choice. They don't make the call. Uh, the guys, uh, as, as Carl Lewis said, that the guys would love to travel, but unfortunately, it's out of your hand. You can't be really use your own money now to go cover a game, can you? And I had asked uh, Gavin Hunt um, when we spoke to him, uh, oh, Mjaka, enjoying the session, nice one. I, I asked Gavin Hunt when we spoke to him that um, has he, in his 30 years of coaching, has he seen a backfall from the same team? And somebody here has sent me, uh, and Zako has sent me a picture of a back four, the Italian back four. He says it's all Juventus. Chiellini, Bonucci, uh, Bazagli and Buffon. I just can't see the whole picture. I'm not sure if it was when Buffon was still at, uh, at, at, at Juve uh, but I can understand what you're saying. It's possible that there was an all Juventus uh, back four there and uh, in uh, for Italy.